0: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. The theme is Cinco de Mayo. I do not know the name of this song, but I love this song. I mean, and it is just, a classic. He just,
1: he just said the name of the song. What is it? Oh yeah, Come Over.
0: Oh okay. yeah yeah. I, 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 I'm sure I could have guessed that. All right, that's probably the, the most <laughs> prominent is, words in the song. Yes, it is the first lyrics of the song. <laughs> but I love the song, and it's in a ton of movies. Yes. I you know the the movie that comes to mind when I think about it. Honestly, is Man on Fire. There's yeah. a great scene in Man there on Fire. There is a great scene on that <laughs> oh, one. Yes. <laughs> what well, oh, well, a is. Oh, wow. Denzel does his thing. Oh, it's a great scene. Fantastic. Oh, scene.
2: speaking of Denzel, did you get a chance to see the trailer for Men? I Mano? did see the trailer I tell you. for
0: Equalizer. Three.
2: Is it three? Yeah, right? three. Yeah. Oh, no.
0: I'm going. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. one. That's one where I wife, ain't even gotta worry about it. Wifey ain't gonna go with me, and I'm going by myself. Exactly. I'm gonna go Poked straight up. Yes, I'm yeah. going. I've done it a few times. Like I'm going by myself to go. So I used to go all the time in the league. I, yeah. I think in the league, I went to the movies with myself almost every week. That's your moment away from well, everybody. Yeah, you get to chill. Like I didn't feel. like it was yeah. wasn't no big deal. Right. I went there,
2: but I, I realized now I ain't I, afraid to go to the movie by myself either.
0: Yeah, I'm not afraid. I know it looks weird. and I know people are like, man, he's a loser. He must oh. not, you know, must have no, no friends. I know.
2: I don't want nobody next to me. I'm watching yeah. this. Sometimes you know I want to just go like see
0: the movie. Wings. Yeah, and I don't need nobody <laughs> to go with me. I'll just go see the movie. So there you go. But yeah. uh, shout out to my man Patrick DJing a new theme Thursday. Also, shout out to Patrick because he pulled a lot of great sound of Steve Sarkeesian's appearance on, well, not appearance, his interview with 105 Through the Fan. It's a radio station, so not really appearing. Right, he was right. on the phone. But it uh, good stuff there. We're going to play some of that audio in Raj Ran of the Day. Oh, guys. And Patrick pulled it for me, so um, uh, shout-out to Patrick, the real MVP. We have audio of the Atlanta Falcons general manager. Come on, man. Talking about B. John Robinson and how they're going to use him. And, guys, when I play this audio for you, you're going to think that basically I that basically I use some AI chatbot <laughs> to construct this audio because he is, he is, is the GM for the Atlanta Falcons is basically di- devising – a way to use Bijan or to weaponize Bijan in the same way that we have been talking about it for the last, I don't know, year or so. Right. And and using a lot of the same terms that Sark won't use, but they will use, they used it, positionless football. He used it. He dropped the term. Uh, I heard him drop the term.
2: Basically, the translation is he, he will be a first round draft pick, he number it, baby. top five draft pick in it. fantasy football.
0: Yeah, honestly, yes, great point. Yep. This this audio will make you want to draft Bijan first overall, exactly, because that's been the conversation. Yeah, no, he should go first. All. And Pro Football Focus had him ranked number one overall. When you hear the GM of the Atlanta Falcons talk about their plan for Bijan, speak on it. You gonna say, all right, yeah, he needs to be drafted number one overall, pick, number one. Speak it's, on it. It's great. It's from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Um, he had an interview with him, but we pulled it. We, you know, I'm like an am like a audio scavenger. Mm-hmm. Um, so audio vulture, man. We'll go get some of that stuff. And my man uh, Patrick pulled it for us. So we'll do that in Roch around the day and talk about Bijan. All right. Uh, this is sad news, and there's some breaking news that we also need to get to because the Bucks, man. Yeah. The Bucks made a move,
2: which they, is crazy. They fired to think their about. head coach. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I can't believe that. What's that, his name? Moose Boles- Mike Boone yeah, yeah, Coach Bud. Coach Bud is gone. Former yes. San Antonio Spurs assistant, yes. assistant forever. He yes. started with
1: the Spurs like a, a tape editor. Yes, like he was in
2: the video like, libraries like where Spolstra. he started with the Spurs.
1: He's like Spolstra. Spolstra was yeah. started and, like that too, and worked all his worked his way all the way up. Gets his head coaching guy, gig, wins a NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Two years later, he's gone.
2: Unbelievable. And we, I always say this about the NBA. Unbelievable.
0: You know, I used to say that you know in the NBA, you're winning at, at you know obviously making sure you win enough games is just as important as keeping your stars happy. Because mm-hmm. we've seen coaches win games, stars are unhappy, and then they get fired because if the star doesn't like you, you're you're not long for that job because it's a superstar league. Um, man, the superstars like him. Seems like the team we didn't get any complaints about the team not liking Buhner. Just seems like he was exposed.
1: And got I, out I don't coached. I, I think I think we what? might have seen oh, in the, the okay. post game that Giannis was not thrilled with how his coaching was, which cause, and now this is the part where Giannis has to be the man to go tell Bud Bud what to do. Now he may have said, "Hey, we should be doubling," and Coach Bud says, "I know better." Do what I say. And he did and that's say, why he gets fired. And he
0: did say I should have guarded Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But he said I listened to the coach and I I, so, I defer to the so coach. So this is the
1: question. Is if he expects if Giannis expects the coach to do everything that he thinks and do everything right and he doesn't vocalize it, then he's gonna fire a coach every year and never win another championship. Because that's just not how coaching that's not how it works. But if it was that he was telling coach, Bud – Hey, I need I need to be guarding Jimmy. I want Jimmy, and Bud said no. I got this. I know. He I know said that. he goes. I know what I'm doing. You don't do it. Then yeah, I I can get why Giannis Especially, would go to that's your star. That's the MVP. And Giannis would go to management. And go and and Giannis it will be a free agent again when he is still an MVP caliber player. He will get another year. He has talked in the past that he may go somewhere else in his career because, you know what, if someone gives me a better offer. Yeah, that's
0: why, that's why my theory has always been keep the star happy first, yes. and then you got to make sure you win games. But you ain't going to win games if the star ain't happy, and if the star ain't happy, you can win games and still be fired. But to your point, that's a, I didn't think about that. I remember those comments by Giannis after, and he was very polite. He was very respectful, but it was critical. Yeah, the coaching. Very much and, so. And yeah.
2: this
1: is again, we you know, I mentioned a minute ago, but Darvin Ham was on that coaching staff. Yes, he was. And there is points you lose assistance, and sometimes assistants were the guys that worked really heavily mm-hmm. with one of the players. Oh, no Darvin Ham being a power forward in his career could have been the guy that was kind of Giannis's conduit to the coaching. And when he went away, the relationship changed and it just soured in that year. All of those things are possible. Or it could just be that Milwaukee and ownership was done with him. They got embarrassed in the first round. We got to do something. We can't afford to get rid of players. We we don't want to do that. We got to do something because everybody wants our heads. We're going to get rid of you. Now the question is who oh, are they going to get? Bring that, that is a big because question. Who are you bringing Quinn in? Quinn Snyder was one of the best names. He's hired. Yep. Eme Adoka Doka? was one of the best names. He is hired. Off the market, baby. There's not. There's less and less names that are sure thing. Hey, man, this is a guy who's going to be ready to take us to a championship. I don't know who you go for. They, they, would,
0: they wouldn't have done this unless they had someone in mind. Like, this oh, is a it's, it's Milwaukee.
1: It's they would have done this. this. They would have yeah, done, really? done this. Really? Yeah, Milwaukee's That's not. That's a terrible Well, here's rules. the thing. You don't thing. have
0: somebody in mind. If you don't have somebody in mind, then fine, do your research. But until you figure that out. So now they're going to have an open search to try to figure out. Who's well, I mean, there. you they
2: probably you, do have some names th- in mind. Gotta have, I definitely yeah. got
0: to I refuse to believe they had no one in mind you know, when they No, they have people in mind.
1: I'm saying, I don't know if you have anybody that has agreed to go to Milwaukee.
0: Well, that's true because agree. nobody agrees to go to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. You have to be kind of yeah. nudged along. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like,
1: do you want to coach a, a, a you know an all-time great player in Giannis? Yes. And you go, oh, man, I'd love to do that. And they go, okay, now here's the issue. He wants this, he wants this, he wants this. Do you want to come coach here? And they go, oh, I can't. Like, if that's
0: – Well, that's every star I don't want. I mean, yeah, every, exactly. every superstar but, in the league has on a list like that.
1: But that's the question is yeah. who who do they get to come in – it feels like they're a team that would want a guy who's a more oh. tough-nosed coach. He's a Nick Nurse suggestion I like, on the I like that. Yeah, I, like that. I mean, I, I don't know if that's really an upgrade. As I, I saying, feel like yeah. that's kind of a lateral move. It's a different but, guy. But maybe it's because it's a different of what, voice what you, too. Yes, but you brought
0: up with Giannis. Maybe Giannis is just tired of the voice. Like, man, I'm yep. just tired of this guy. Yeah, you know? I know, but mm-hmm. I
1: feel like you're going to get tired of Nick Nurse real quick because it's going to be a very similar voice.
0: <laughs> it's the NBA, though. You can
1: fire yeah. another guy yeah. in two years. Yeah, I don't
2: know about that one. That seems – Someone says Becky Hammond. Ooh, yeah, I mean – I like that.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, like that'd that. be nice. You
2: think Giannis will pay attention? Here's a here's another part of this. In 2020, they were talking about firing him. At that time, they were talking about yeah. firing him. At the time, they ended up because they lost to Miami. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back. They win the championship, and then he signed a three year extension after the 2021 season. So they were gonna supposed to play him through 24 and 25. So this is going to be an interesting look, and I think it all comes back down to. The fact that Giannis was tired of him, it has to be. Yeah, and
1: I mean, like, and this is—I don't want to—I don't want
2: to kick a guy when he's
1: down. And I get Coach Bud is a different guy than when I was a child and went to a camp, and he was one of the speakers at the camp, and he was the worst speaker at the camp. Like, just no charisma whatsoever at that time. Yeah, it and happens. I'm sure he's worked on it and gotten better at public speaking. That stuff matters. But, but it was something shot. where you were just like, as a kid, I was like, Good lord, he's doing the. It's. It was all very manufactured. The speech. So um, I don't know if that if it's that could be part of it where it's just like you squirted. know what, I don't you know I don't like this we're I'm done with this voice, uh, Nick Nurse is a good name but I don't know if mm-hmm. I, I really I think you'd want to go with somebody a little bit different yeah and well, I feel like Nick Nurse and and Coach Butter kind of cut from the same cloth
0: that's good stuff uh but now nah, that's a good point you brought up though Patrick I said, when I when I see coach firings that are a surprise in the NBA. I usually go back to the relationship with the star. What's the relationship yeah. with the Because that's usually what it is, and I think you brought up – I think you hit the nail on the head. Those 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 small comments, what seemed to be insignificant small comments, but they were still critical of the coaching in the playoffs, and they did lose in the first round. Um, yep, that's the yep. number one seed. I, I think the front office, or maybe there was a conversation behind the scenes, that they were able to dive deeper into those comments, but that's part of it. Yeah. It's definitely Giannis – and I'm not saying Giannis is like, he's got to be fired, but their relationship is frayed somehow. Oh, yeah and I mean when you have sad, your yeah.
1: when you have your meetings your exit meetings with the team and yeah. they go what do you think and you go well I don't know about this and the coaching exactly. this and the coaching that. Yeah. And then you interview Drew Holiday, and Drew Holiday goes, well, I don't know but the coaching yeah. this and, and the look, coaching they, that. they go down and say, you
0: know all the guys brought up coaching, right? Yeah, the every own. guy mentioned coaching. And then they man. do the
1: exit interview with Mike Bunny goes, they're players. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they gotta listen to me more. And it's like, oh. Uh, no, good stuff there. Alright, that's breaking news. Uh, also, some other uh, very sad uh sad news is that it was reported that uh, Lifetime Longhorn Lance Blanks um, passed away. Um, it was reported that uh, the yesterday, um, it was the report that He passed away, and they do not know the cause of death just yet. Um, The medical exam is not back, so they don't know the cause of death, but they do know at 56 years old, Lifetime Longhorn, Lance Blanks, passed away. So I thought some prayers with him and his family, of course, and with his loved ones, because uh, that is devastating news. I believe he had uh, two daughters uh, as well. Um, Mm I think he was expecting a a grandchild, I believe, as well. Um, So uh, we know this is very difficult news for a lot of people in this community that were really uh, close to him and San Antonio, too, because he was a scout there for a long time and um, ended up uh, working in the front office, a general manager for the Suns, very accomplished um, in his career. Uh, Obviously, as a basketball player here at Texas, became a legend on the 40 Acres as a basketball player drafted in the first round by the Detroit Pistons, um, had a you know, a really good NF, uh, NBA career, excuse me, and then went into the front uh, scouting and then into the front office. And um, now, unfortunately, 56 years old. Um, he is no longer with us. He has passed yeah. away. So I'm um, sorry to bring that news. I know that's really sad news for a lot of folks out there and maybe devastated by it. So um, uh, we'll get you some details if we find out any about him, But I probably I don't expect any details until they get the cause of death, which will probably be a little bit later on in the week. Yeah. All right. Let's get to this Steve Sarkeesian sound. Um, uh because we played this earlier in the show, but Sark went on 105.3 The Fan. Actually, I think Jane Slater, Lifetime Longhorn. Shout out to her. I believe she's the one that was able to convince Sark to come on. She probably talked to John Bianco and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> got to convince John Bianco to get Sark to come on. But either way, it worked out really well. Um, so Sark she was, seems
2: to be very convincing.
0: She is. She's good at her job, <laughs> yes, too. She, right? is. she worked, worked at uh, Longhorn Network for yes. a long time, and now she does a great job covering the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, uh, first question, though, was about DeMar Vion the new Dallas Cowboy. Um, here is Sark being uh, asked about what DeMar Vion brings to this Cowboy squad.
3: Yeah, I think this is an awesome fit uh, for Demo. Um, you know, obviously I, I worked for Dan Quinn for two years in Atlanta. Um, and I know the premise of that defense and it's about running and hitting. It's about having players that are versatile, that can fly to the football, um, but have a high football IQ recognizing situations as they come and i think that all those things epitomize demo you know he he can run he will strike you when he gets there he's very versatile obviously a guy who played on the roof when he first got to texas uh came down played off the edge you know in in space we moved him into the box and then we actually put him on the edge and let him rush the passer this past year so i think there's a level of versatility there really high football iq guy i just think it's it's an awesome fit schematically and personality wise
0: uh, yeah, that's talking about DeMarvin overshone, And recently we just heard Michael Parsons is here in Austin training at the Collective uh, to become a four-time defensive end um, trying to gain. So I think he's at 252, wants to get around 255 so that he can play for, He can be at a four-time defensive end, which I, I love the positionless football aspect of his skill set. But if he can be the best pass rusher in the NFL at defensive end, which he has the ability to be, then, yeah, put him out there because there are two ways to win a Super Bowl. Elite quarterback play, elite pass rush. And the Cowboys are closer to the latter than they are to the former. <laughs>
1: right? Right.
0: So get, put them out there, let them be elite pass rusher. But for Did Marvey Overshone, they still, I believe, want to cultivate their positionless football ideology on defense with Dan Quinn. And DeMarvin Overshone is the perfect candidate right, to cultivate that philosophy with because this is a guy that is a spread baby and has that versatility and the skill set. So good news for DeMarvin Overshone. It's a good week for him. Not only getting drafted by the Cowboys in third round, but then Michael Parsons, one of the guys ahead of you, is switching positions officially now he only played i think 20 snaps between weeks 11 and 18 at off-ball linebacker last season so he was progressing to mm-hmm. becoming a full-time defensive anyway but now there's only Demon clark and leighton vanderish ahead of demarvin overshone really uh they like harper they got some other options there but the truth is demarvin overshone can really shoot up the depth chart here if he can uh, prove himself early on
2: yeah this is this is an exciting um P- move for Demarvin, and we've we've talked about this. We've seen this guy. We've seen the way he's gone about his business, and each year he's gotten better and better. One of the things that he needed to make sure of stayed healthy. Did stay healthy. Went out there mm-hmm. to learn a new position, and now he's coming downhill. And I love that that uh, when Coach Sark said he was on the roof. He's on playing, the that playing that safety position. Raise but it also shows this versatility. Mm-hmm. It shows that he can be taught to play other positions. I think he would love to be able to be that J-Ron Curse type of player. They're similar in build. They, they have that type of striking as well. Donovan strike. Wilson strikes. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes downhill. So he's going to learn from some really talented guys and may be able to fill a void at multiple positions, which is why I believe that he will be playing Really, really soon, whether it's on special teams, obviously with the position change, as you were talking about with uh, Micah, we don't know how much Micah's is going to be changing those positions. But mm-hmm. if he is going to the defensive end position, you can just plug in DeMarvian because he can move from side to side and got that real good lateral movement.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I like your cam chancellor comp you've been mm-hmm. making too. I think you're right on the money there. Uh, let's get to some more sound. Uh, Sark was also asked about Arch Manning and his first impression, uh, for all the kind of national pundits during the spring game. Uh, not a lot of people were complimentary of Arch's performance in the spring game. Here's what Sark thought about it.
4: No,
3: I, I, Hey, he's on the right trajectory that he should be on. He's a, he's a true freshman in college. He really should still be in high school. Um, just finished his first semester uh, on the 40 acres. Um, and so there is a definite transition there. There's a transition to college life. There's a transition to the scheme uh, that, that he hasn't been accustomed to. There's a transition to the speed of the game uh, and how it goes. So there were a lot of really good moments that Arch had throughout the spring. And there was a couple tough days. And, you know, I think he and I could both agree that that wasn't his best day, but we weren't great around him either. Um, but I think there's a lot of room to grow for him this summer. Uh, there's going to be a lot of gr- room for him to grow in fall camp. Uh, but ultimately, it's a great room that we have with with you know Quinn Ewers, with Malik Murphy, with Arch. That's what you got to have in college football. You got to have a, a room that is is pulling for one another, that that is willing to develop at their own pace, whatever they need. But I'm super pumped that Arch is on our team, and he he's going to be a great Longhorn before it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, only national members of the media brought up Quinn Ewers versus Arch Manning. No Longhorn who was informed uh, thought that was even a storyline at all. The truth is, Arch Manning represents the first world problems now Texas has at quarterback. The luxury of being able to redshirt a Manning. Because you got Quinn Ewers returning as a starter. You got Malik Murphy who's proven himself as a capable backup. And then you got a veteran, Charles Wright, to be your emergency third-string quarterback. That's how... Stat that Sark has got that quarterback role. Yeah. That's a first world problem now. That's what are we going to do with Arch problem. Manning?
2: Oh, we might redshirt him. Oh, he might have to play. Who knows? And the thing about <laughs> it is, Arch is not the problem. Arch <laughs> is it. just in there chilling. He's adjusting to his college life, having fun. He's dropping his ID everywhere. You know, <laughs> the dude is just doing things because it's not put on his shoulders to come in and save the program. Mm-hmm. And the national media wanted it to be a story, as you said, Rod, but we knew better. We knew the deal. We knew that this kid did not have to come in and be that guy. Learn, get stronger, adjust to the college life, and be able to have fun, man. That's that's what it's all about.
0: I think that's what he wants. I think that's yeah. what his, his family wants, exactly. too. Exactly. Remember, he's he's not even, he's not even making NIL money. didn't NI- even start when not, he got there. He's not even making NIL money. Remember, they don't even have him focused yeah. on NIL. His uh, parents and his family, they don't want him to have an NIL deal until he's a starting quarterback. Yep. So And Sark has admitted they paid nothing love to it. get uh, Arch Manning here, so uh, he's here for the love of the brand, which mm-hmm. makes me love him even more. Uh, another man that loves uh, the Texas brand is Quinn Ewers. Here's Sark's thoughts about how Quinn Ewers has looked so far this spring and his development.
3: Yeah, I think there's a, there's a real conscious effort when Quinn came back. You know, really going into the bowl game, I thought he actually played really well in the bowl game. But coming out of the new year, I, I just think there was a there was a new sense of of. I don't want to call it commitment because he's always been into it, but just a, a new sense of this is his team. And I think it, it started in our winter conditioning program. He was definitely, you know, just working, engaged, leading, doing all the right things. Then it goes to, you know, getting his hair cut, trimming the beard, doing those types of things. Then it went to spring practice where I just thought he was in such command, you know, he was very comfortable with what we're doing. There was a sense of urgency that I liked. Um, but you could feel a guy who was in year two in our program and in our system and much, you know, minimize the mistakes, but yet capitalized on the big playability and the arm talent that he has. Um, So in the end, it's just, it's that comfort level of year two. And it feeling like his team, feeling like his offense. And that's, that's what the quarterback's got to have, you know, because at the end of the day, the quarterback's ultimate job is to instill belief in the entire organization and in his teammates and in the coaches Um, that he's that guy and that he's going to get it done. And that's why it's the most important position in sports. And I think that that Quinn has really started to do that uh, in 2023. Yeah. I'm glad
0: that uh, Sark has noticed that that renewed sense is just – I think that renewed sense of purpose is leadership for him. He knows he's got to be that guy. You're at the natural leadership position.
2: Everybody's looking to you. No Bijan,
0: no Rojo. That's you.
2: Yeah. That's how you're it's supposed your, your to do your it. team now. That's right. This <laughs> is where it is, and we got a chance to see a little bit of that at the Alamo Bowl when he was on the sideline getting in people's faces, telling everybody to get it going, trying to get everybody fired up to win that ball game. So I thought we saw our first step at that during that time. So, And you said it perfectly as the quarterback, whether you want to be the leader or not, because remember, that was the conversation we were having about Hudson Card. you you got to be able to vocalize your leadership. I know you want to go out there and work and, and have people follow you that way, but as a quarterback, you're calling the plays. You're getting everybody in the right position. You're the one organizing the workouts. You're supposed to be that vocal leader, whether you like it or not. That is who you are, and you have to walk that way. And if you're going to be a vocal leader, that
0: cause, sometimes it causes conflict. You have to be confrontational. Yes. Because I'm going yeah, to have to hold my teammates you. accountable. That's i got right. to check you. Yep. And if I'm going to check you, i got to be balling. Yeah, exactly. Because if I check you and I'm not balling, the first thing you're going to come back to me is like, Handle your own. Yeah, business. you can't come at me, man. Look right. yourself in the mirror. Take right. care of your business. Yep. So that's the beauty of that leadership, that hierarchy. If you are balling, you can become a leader and go, man, I need you to step it up. I need you to play. I need you to play better. Because I know it. you better than that. You'll go, Yeah, Robbie. You know what? I got I got I, I gotta got do you, that, bro. I gotta do that. I got that. you. Yeah, yep. I got it. No doubt. Let's so, go right. get it. I love the trying transformation of Quentin Ewers so far this offseason. Uh Sark also asked about other spring standouts. So far this spring, here's what Steve Sarkisian had to say.
3: Well, you know, I think at the end, you know, I, I know there's this. I know there's a microscope on just the spring game. I look at the totality of 15 practices. Um, I really like kind of our offensive skill positions at this point. You know, I think about our receiver core with Xavier Worthy, Jordan Winnington, You know, the addition of Ad Mitchell, um, getting Isaiah Nair healthy, the addition of a couple freshmen here in Jonte Cook and, and DeAndre Moore. You mix that in with with that with that tight end J T Sanders. I, I feel like we've got a a lot of weapons now, which which I haven't ever felt that comfortable before. I think defensively we got a lot of versatility in the back, back end, but Byron Murphy uh, out of DeSoto has just been an absolute stud for 15 practices in the defensive line. Uh, so that's that's been a real positive. Um, and then a newcomer who just because everybody we're talking about that Anthony Hill out of out of Denton Ryan. Um, has just been, you, you can tell, you can see it. So we got to find our, the best way to put him in the best position to have success.
0: Yeah, Love there you it. go. Um, and I, I think uh, he, he keeps bringing up Byron Murphy and, and Anthony Hill when he's asked about best pass rushers on the team and standouts. So you're going to see a, a young Anthony Hill out there. He's probably going to be doing what DeMarvin Overshaw did a lot of and rushing off that edge in that uh, specific position. And he brought up the skill positions. We all talked about the wide receivers after that uh, spring game. He brought them up too, along with J.T. Sanders. That's going to be the identity of this offense, which means you need when you playing at a really, really high level. Uh, last piece of audio. And here not before.
2: forget that he's. Gonna wear zero. That's true. Uh huh.
0: Uh -huh. (laughs) True that. There he is. Um, Okay, last piece of audio here. I love Lifetime Longhorn Jane Slater for this. She asked a question that we all want to know the answer to, and we won't know the answer to this question. Honestly, Until, I don't know, three, four years from now, potentially. Texas may be in the SEC before we figure out the answer to this. But Sark is hoping to answer this question that Longhorn fans have been pondering for the last decade or so.
1: Real
3: quick, is Texas back? (laughs) You know I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say this. I really like our football team. And I like our team because of the talent. I like our team because of the continuity of our staff for three years now. I like our team because of the culture we've built. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about our season. What does back mean? I don't know. But I do like our football team, and I think that uh, we got a chance to be a championship football team this fall. So we'll see.
0: All right. There you go. Uh, Sark, uh, I'm glad you didn't fall for that. i not falling Sar- and for that. He's bite, like, no, nah, man. Man, I can't answer that. Y'all know it. the last time we had a <laughs> Lifetime Longhorn tell us that Texas was back. And, by the way, we love this Lifetime Longhorn. Uh, He was wrong. Yes. Uh, I ain't going to say he lied. He was wrong. He thought we were back, too. Sam thought we was back. He's like, we're back. And it turns out, we was. Uh, yeah, a little something, something. Damn it. Yeah. That's all right, We Sam. was hopeful. We still love you, man. You yeah. know what, Sam? It felt good at the moment. It did. did how good did that feel? did it sta- feel good? I was standing right there. <laughs> it did. It did. I'm, I'm, I, I think I got the video. I'm standing right there. <laughs> like, and I'm yeah, like, that's we, that's are, that's that's we, we are. We yeah. are. <laughs> you know who wasn't happy about that moment? Go look at Tom Herman's uh, he face. was like, ugh. Because he realized, like, damn it. We actually, we're not that quite yet. And and I got I'm, some raccoon.
2: I got some stuff. I didn't already (laughs) ran people off, man. You can't say that. I didn't ran people off. Yeah,
1: that was the one where you had to look at the guy next to you and you're smiling so big. And then they go, they're like, well, you're like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> give me 24 hours. Yes. <laughs> 24 hours. Let me let me think it over first. Let me digest it let first. Me, tomorrow at this time, uh, you can tell me I'm an idiot.
0: But yeah. Give me
1: 24 hours. I'm glad yeah. Sark
0: didn't fall for it because that would have went viral. And you know that's what James said. Oh, uh, Sark says If he said anything Shoot. other than what he said, they'd oh, be yeah. like, Sark said Texas was back. He'd be like, you know what? I think we might be on our way. Virus. <laughs> Sark said Texas
2: back. Done deal. Yep.
0: All right, we come back. We got breaking news uh, for Texas basketball. Apparently, oh, yeah. there are some uh, new members of the Texas basketball squad. We'll uh, get into that. And I have audio. We have audio of the GM of the Atlanta Falcons talking about how they're going to weaponize B. John Robinson. And he uses one of my favorite terms. Hey, it's like ladies. that Pee Wee Herman show, The Word of the Day. You guys know what it is. Positionless football. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we come back. Right here Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful not the horn.
1: AND I'M NOT GOING TO TAKE THIS ANYMORE!
3: FIND OUT WHAT HAPPENS WHEN PEOPLE STOP BEING POLITE AND START GETTING REAL. YOU AIN'T KEEPING IT REAL! Oh MY GOD! OKAY, IT'S HAPPENING!
4: EVERYBODY STAY CALM! No, oh, YOU'VE DONE IT NOW. IT'S TIME
3: FOR ROD'S RANT OF THE DAY. HOLD ON TO YOUR butt.
0: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, Just really quickly before we get to Raj rant of the day, uh, there is some breaking news for Texas basketball. You do have um, some breaking news because there are new commitments for Texas basketball. Uh, Transfer from UTEP Zarek Onyema. If I got it wrong, please let me know, guys. Six-foot-eight transfer from uh, UTEP. Um, also, the Longhorns got another commitment. They announced it uh, via Instagram from UT Arlington. Transfer Chendo Weaver. Chendo Weaver, who was the uh, the, the reigning WAC freshman of the year. So both of those uh, new commitments for the Longhorns. So shout-out to Rodney Terry, working hard behind the scenes. All right. Let's get to somebody else working hard behind the scenes. Uh, Terry Fontenot, the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, ended up drafting Bijan Robinson eighth overall. And guys, you know, I told you this is going to be a dream scenario for Bijan because he's landing in the perfect offense where Arthur Smith, who runs the football more than any other head coach in the NFL, hell, even when they're down, they run the football more than any team in the NFL. Um, So he is going to the spot where they want a workhorse running back, and they're going to use Bijan to. They use them up. So fantasy nerds, be aware of that. But here's another uh, piece of audio here that I think will also get you excited if you're a fantasy nerd or if you're just a Bijan fan like most of us. So Mike Florio had the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, Terry Fontenot, and he asked Bijan a few questions. Um, The first question was, how high was Bijan on your overall board? Here's Mike Florio with Terry Fontenot, the GM of the Atlanta Falcons.
4: How high was B. John Robinson on your list of names going into round one? Well, you're right. You do want to have eight names. You don't sleep good if you don't have eight names because you know that it can it can go either way. And we just we've kind of talked about it. That was one of the more unpredictable um, drafts going into it. Drafts going not knowing what's going to happen in front of you. I, I think everybody knew who they expect the number one pick to be. Outside of that, the next um, picks we just didn't know. We love Bijan throughout the whole process. And and there were some other really good players that came off the board before him. We like those players a lot, but we love Bijan. And and the, the the man he is, the person he is, the player he is, the impact he's going to make. So without saying exactly where he was in our stack, we were pumped um, to take him off the board at eight.
0: All right. Didn't really give did you exactly what you want. I wanted to see if he they had him one. in the top five. But they he had really, one. They had him really high on their board, obviously. Um, he was also asked about, you know, drafting a running back, the value of the running back position, drafting a running back that high in the draft. Here is uh, Terry Fontenot.
4: What was it that made you comfortable with making a running back, regardless of who the running back is, any running back, a top 10 draft pick? Well, and I think for us, you got to take the position out of it and talk about the player. Because you might say, take a premium position, take a corner, take a defensive end. OK, tell me who the corner is. Tell me who the defensive end is. That's what matters It's who the particular player is. When you talk about a B. John Robinson, the the impact, he's, he's, a, he's an impact offensive player. Um, he's a playmaker. You look at last year with Drake London, we're excited to take him off the board because of not because he was a receiver, but because of the impact we believe he's going to make as well as Kyle Pitts two years ago. So we believe we're taking impact players and we're taking playmakers, home run hitters, touchdown makers, guys that can really impact our total team. So we never focus on a particular position. You think positionless football, you just want to take good players that fit the character traits that you're looking for that are going to make you a better team. Yes.
0: I love it. Word of the day, baby. Positionless, positionless football, football. and Bijan
2: Robinson—they go hand in hand. They do
0: go hand in hand. I'm glad that the Falcons are being progressive and they're forward thinking about Bijan Robinson. Here's the last piece of audio: is Mike Florio asking about, since basically piggybacking on that point about positionless football and asking him how much they're gonna move Bijan around the formation.
4: There's been a lot of talk about B. John Robinson, not just playing in the backfield, but spending time in the slot like he did at Texas last year. Is the vision to move him all over the place when he's on the field? Yeah, I think he can he can do a lot of different things, and and that's one of the things that when you put on the tape and wherever he is on the field, he does, he makes impacts. If, you, if he's at receiver, if he's in the slot, you're going to worry about him. You better make sure you have a plan for him. Coordinators have to make sure they have a plan for him, or if he's in the backfield – but when you just go through our players on our roster, we have other players that are the same way. You don't know where they're going to line up and exactly what they're going to do. So that's that's the fun part about it.
0: Okay. And so two things that, remember, toward the end, he starts hinting, we got other players like that, which they do. Corderell Patterson, who played wide receiver and is now a running back. Remember, freaky Kyle Pitts is still on that team. Probably the freakiest tight end, skill set-wise, in the NFL. And that was the first draft pick for Arthur Smith when he got there. Yep. So he started thinking about positionless football when he first got there. Now, guys, when you combine freaky, freaky pits, as Bucky likes to call him, mm-hmm. all right, and Bijan Robinson, a impact offensive playmaker, as freaky he calls it. All right, exactly. Freaky <laughs> Bijan. And Quarterrell Patterson, you already got several pieces. Of a positionless football machine, your own version of it. And remember, I always talk about how the 49ers, they are the probably the front runner. They are not more than the front runner. They probably are the team that majors in positionless football more so than any other team. Uh, you know, Shannon has kind of built this Frankenstein monster of multiplicity, multifunctional, multidimensional, um, just amalgamation of malleable machinery, right? You got Yuschek and you got Kittle and you got Debo Samuel. Now he's got Christian McCaffrey. But if you look at the pieces that Arthur Smith is putting together, guys, I think he is putting together his own version of a positionless football machine. And I know Shano kind of it leads, like I said, leads the NFL in this specific philosophy. Um, he is kind of the leading mind. I think there are others in a copycat league that are trying to copy this, and they want their own Debo Samuel. Remember, we played the audio of Dan Patrick saying he talked to an NFL executive. Maybe it was the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe. Who said they want Bijan to be their Debo Samuel. Like, that's what they envision. That he uh. basically is their version of Debo Samuel. And if that is the case. And you know that teams across the NFL, they do want to copy that. It's just really hard to find those types of players. Here's another. Is there is more evidence that the NFL, a copycat league, is trying to copy that positionless football philosophy, and they're trying to find their own Deebo Samuel. The Lions. Yep. There's several reports, and Ian Rappaport reported it as well, that the Lions and the Jets were both in trade discussions with the 49ers for Debo Samuel. Ian Rappaport reported that they offered a first and a third uh, on the Rich Eisen show for Debo Samuel, and the 49ers rejected it. And then the Lions end up drafting a Jameer Gibbs. And then I saw a report also from uh, Ian Rappaport that the Jets were also interested in In Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. So, to me, it's not a coincidence that the two teams that were interested offered up draft capital to trade for Debo Samuel because they want their own version of Debo Samuel were also the two teams interested in Jameer Gibbs. Yep. And the Lions overdrafted him. Why? They want Jameer Gibbs to be their Debo Samuel. I think that's what they're going for. And by the way, their GM Brad Holmes was on the the uh, staff or at least a part of the scouting department and in the executive uh, office of the Rams when they drafted Tavon Austin, who was another guy that was very positionless football-like when he came out, that you could move around the formation. I wouldn't doubt that the Jameer Gibbs pick for the Lions is them experimenting with trying to get their own version of this weaponized player. But – And he, by the way, all the stats kind of back up. He could be that guy. I'm not saying he is. But the NFL is a copycat league, and I think they're trying to copy that model. I think Arthur Smith's trying to copy it, and that's good news for Bijan. If Bijan is going to be that version of the weapon, that type of weapon for Arthur Smith.
2: Well, we've been talking about how we look at Bijan and how he was – underutilized some would say here at the University of Texas mm-hmm. and the NFL is where we always thought that he would be able to cut his teeth a little bit more because they're going to use him in all types of variations. Um they're going to line him up in a slot. They're going to line him up out wide. They're going to put him in, in the offset back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to do so many things and you brought up Cordell Patterson earlier. Yes, he was, he's a different type of guy, but I think Bijan is what you like yeah, to say, the ultimate weapon. Yeah, he, he can do so much more, not taking anything from what Cordero has done because he, I think he's one of the coldest out there, but you never know what he is. At least you know that Bijan is a running back, and then Cordero can do whatever he wants mm. to do. So that's the other part for me. Bijan's going to be used in the proper – my uh, vein, I guess you would say, to where he's going to get to use all of his <laughs> skill sets. Yeah,
0: no, I just like I said, it gets me excited because all defenses are bound by rules, principles, mm-hmm. a doctrine, if you will, that are necessary to maintain the structural integrity of the defense and very clever, very gifted offensive Mm -hmm. minds, they are able to kind of decode and and deduce and decipher what those rules are within the game and still within that same game violate, disrupt, and defy and breach those rules and violate that structural integrity. And nothing does that more than positionless football because there's no way for a defense to match up with it when you're moving all the pieces constantly around because defense is all about designations you are designated to play this position, this responsibility, and you play that player. But if you're moving guys around, it's going to change up the defense responsibilities and obligations, which can totally discombobulate a defense. So I think uh, Atlanta's going to be a fun team to watch for a lot of reasons, but also oh, yeah. with the way well, they're going to And go I'll throw in position. with
1: the Patterson part when you compare it to <laughs> Bijan, that when you have a little bit a guy who's a little bit bigger, more built to take yeah. a little bit more wear and tear, get some more carries in a game, when you have someone you can move around but also don't have to necessarily – Limit to we can use this, you can use this toy five times before it starts to lose Virtue? value because mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's going to get tired, he's going to get beat up, and we're not going to get the results out of it. A Bijan is built to do, oh, we can do this 25 times in a game right. versus five. Yeah, I no. know, that's a great point, too. And
0: they can, Cordero passing can kind of give him a break with yeah. some of the things they want to u- utilize him uh, doing. So, anyway, giving you that, that sound from Terry Funnel. thanks, my man, Patrick, for pulling that audio. We come back. Uh, we'll just go over. I want to get into this Big 12 story. We'll push that because uh, that's kind of an um, evergreen topic. We'll get into the Longhorn commitments for the basketball team. It oh, yeah. could be good news for Rodney Terry. We'll talk about it when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful on the Horn. Welcome back to All Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday, and the new theme of the day, Cinco de Mayo. Just celebrating it a little bit early. Thanks to my man Patrick, always DJing a new theme Thursday for us. We we'll appreciate that. Um, also, uh, shout-out to, uh, well, honestly, shout-out to my phone. I'm going to give shout-out to Steve Jobs. I, I just went on a rant about Deion Robinson and how he's going to be you know weaponized with the Falcons, played all that audio. As soon as I open my my uh, my app, my Twitter app on the phone, like as soon as I open it, first thing I see is NFL rookie watch. I don't even follow these people, by the way. All right. It just came up with my for you like timeline. It says B. John Robinson has reportedly spent the past several days training with Jamar Chase. Robinson and Chase have spent time refining routes and improving footwork. These training sessions are led by gold feet a training facility or a training group, who has also worked with the likes of Odell Beckham Jr., Jalen Waddle, and Debo Samuel. The Falcons rookie running back is ready to be a threat as both runner and receiver. Good news and bad news. Good news is, hey, man, this is exactly what I said was going to happen. This is beautiful. Bad news, our phones are definitely listening
1: to us. (laughs) (laughs) They are. The algorithm works, whatever it is. Yeah. What's really annoying is when you have, like, a really niche conversation once, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then it keeps popping up in your feed for like yeah. a week and you're like dude this was a joke yeah this is a joke i told one time <laughs> yeah. and your my phone's like well you're really into this now and no, like, so no can, man there's something like a like a, a mattress or something it's just random conversation yeah talking about a
0: mattress or just talking about i don't know yard supplies and then you see it on your timeline or something yeah. and you go that's kind of freaky no it ain't freaky that's it. It's working as it's uh, was designed to. <laughs> That's the algorithm. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get to Texas basketball. There is good news for Texas basketball. Uh, the men uh, got two uh, commitments today. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, I got it from my man, Jeff Howe. Uh, but I'm sure by now you have seen it other places. But Jeff, however, at Horns 24 seven tweeted out about 30 minutes ago um, that in a post on his Instagram account, Chindo Weaver. Uh, of the Arlington uh, UT Arlington transfer uh, committed to the University of Texas, he's the reigning WAC Freshman of the Year, and also about thirty to forty minutes ago as well, uh, he said, make it a double dip for Texas men's basketball. The Longhorns have landed commitment from the six eight UTEP transfer Zarek Onyema Onyema, I believe it is Zarek. I remember Zarek is Z E apostrophe capital R I K Zarek. You think it's Zarek?
1: Uh, Zarek? I, I, Maybe Zarek. Hopefully we'll hear his name called a lot this season.
0: Hopefully that will be the case and I can get it right. I probably should just test Craig away. He probably would know how to uh, <laughs> pronounce it. Uh, what are your thoughts, Patrick? Uh, any buzz from this? I, mean, I, I think
1: I think this is good because you're starting to fill out your roster okay. with some guys that you feel can come in and make an impact this season. Uh, we we were You were very depleted, so you, you're going to need some guys to come in and fill out this roster. I think you probably still need to bring in one more guard, uh, especially if Tyrese Hunter doesn't come back. But – Assuming Tyrese Hunter comes back, you'd still like to add one more guard probably in that rotation. Uh, It looks like forwards are pretty good. If you can get another big, uh, that like another big six seven or six eleven seven foot guy, that would not hurt as well. But with Brock Cunningham and uh, and Shedrick and Dessou, you're probably okay in that area at small forward. You could be there. Uh, Anamekway will probably get some more run this year, uh, returning player for Texas. So you, you you're pretty okay in your front court. I think your back court could use another guy in there to be a everyday player, because I'm not sure if either one of these guys are going to play more than five, ten minutes a game. Okay. Just, contrib- just contribute. But you need them because you're oh, yeah. going to have foul trouble, you're going to have injuries, you're going to need guys to fill out the roster. So it's very good to bring in some guys that Rodney Terry seems high on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think you're still trying to aim for probably one more guard if you can, uh, especially if you do not hear any word back from Tyree Hunter. Yeah, still and, waiting on that. And, I mean, we're still – Dylan Mitchell technically could come back. Ron Holland technically could come back. Not, I'm I'm holding the door open. I'm not expecting anything. The door open or ajar? Oh, I'm holding it open. I want them back. Oh, <laughs> <All> I want. <laughs> me, I'm holding it wide open. I, I did not. I'm not sure they're coming back.
0: You're though. holding it open, but you don't see them inside. You're like, hey guys. Guys. Yeah,
1: where y'all at? Uh, Dan no. was just going to pick up some cigarettes. He'll be back. <laughs> we know how that goes back in the day. he never came back. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. These
0: days you're going to pick up cigarettes. That's like two, that's two uh, red alerts right there. Exactly. Two red flags right there. Exactly. Uh, Alright, so Texas basketball getting two commitments. Uh, that's good news for Rodney Terry and company. Alright, we come back. We'll get back into the NBA. There's big NBA news, breaking NBA news. Uh, Mike Boonehoser has has been uh, let go by the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get into that. Also preview Lakers and Warriors. And for those who have not heard uh, the unfortunate news about Lifetime Longhorn, uh, Lance Blanks uh, passing away. uh, We will uh, revisit that as well. Very sad, unfortunate news. So we'll talk about those stories and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104. Now the Horn.